Hey everyone, and welcome to The Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Josh. What do you think of when you hear 50 feet? Maybe a five-story building? The length of a basketball court? How about the length of a roll of Super 8 film? Well, on today's episode, Max Miximov takes some time to talk about his project, 50 Feet of Song. You will love the way Max combines Kodak Super 8 film and live music to document folk singer-songwriters. So let's jump into the Kodakery and talk with Max. Hey everybody, do you like film? Do you like music? Today in the Kodakery we have Max Miximoff with us to talk about a very interesting project that combines both film and music in a really exciting way. So Max, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about 50 Feet of Song. What is the inspiration for this project? I knew I knew I wanted to do something in music and film. I'd been shooting on DSLR uh, for a few years, and everyone and their mother was shooting on DSLR. And I wanted to transition into something that had a little more that was a little more personal. And so I started collecting Super 8 film and um, and projecting it at home. And out of that came the idea of shooting sessions. And uh, we did our first session in the back of a 1972 Dart. Uh, with a local uh, country artist, uh, Shelby Earl, and it was like in the middle of August, and it was uh, like 100 degrees in the back of this car, and there was four of us traveling around Seattle for the length of the of the shift of the cartridge, and um, I got that film back eventually and looked at it and was like, well, this is this is something that I definitely want to carry forward. Maybe we can um, tell our listeners a little bit about the significance of the 50 feet, because maybe not everybody knows that the length, 50 feet, is one cartridge of Super 8. That's how much um, feet you get. So, And that equates to about how much time in a song? So 50 feet, roughly like three three and a quarter um, of, of film time. And for me, that was, the cartridge is essential into the overall feel of the project because having that time constraint and, and the fact that it's one take, there's no edits, um, creates this space that doesn't exist, wouldn't, wouldn't exist in the digital world or the video world and creates this intimate immediacy that um, only the Super 8 cartridge can provide. And inside of that space, uh, that's where the real magic happens. Yeah. So... What happens if you, um, an artist, do they adapt their music to that um, time frame specifically? Or do you say, hey, here's how much time we have. Do you have a song of that length? How does that process happen? Um, it's a mix of both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the The length of the, of the 50 feet kind of harkens back to what was also the length of a 78 record, which was about three minutes as well. Mm-hmm. So historically, the pop song was kind of, uh, engineered to be around under three minutes. And so it's not hard. I mean, some of the songs um, I'll choose and some of the songs will choose. And uh, they'll just, I mean, if you rip away all the production and all of the studio work and you get to the skeleton of the song, it be- it becomes a new song. And, and that's, I think, where the, the real value lies in shooting on the Super 8 because it creates that space where you just cut away everything that... that um, doesn't matter right right and and so the it seems like a lot of the it, it's folk music country music what is it about that genre of music that's that's kind of drawn you into it i think it go, i mean it's very it's a very personal 
a form of songwriting. Um, it comes from the heart, and I think that's where Super 8 uh, as a film stock also came from. Was it's like it's a it's a film stock for the people, mm-hmm. and it's for it's you know it's affordable, it's easy accessible, it's easy to use. It's very very um, it is very personal, and folk music correlates to that and and mirrors that perfectly. Mm. And on your website, you referred to Alan Lomax, saying that some of your inspiration for the project came from him. Could you speak to that a little bit? I think that the bigger vision of the project is that, and why Alan Lomax is such a huge figure, is that he went out and, and hunted down these songs that then created all of the popular music that we have today. And for me, that was just such a, a huge endeavor that I wanted to kind of carry forward because... Uh, it's so easy. All the songs get lost today, and I, I think by providing a, a context of uh, preserving it on film, you give the song a larger life, and it goes beyond the audio recording into um, a larger historical document. Absolutely. Are, are some of the songs that you're capturing? Are they, you know, as you 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 describe it? I think about you know, America has such an interesting musical history that comes from so many different places around the world, and then informs modern music is part of this an attempt to kind of capture some of those traditional songs and some of the things that maybe are almost from a time gone by? No, I don't I don't think of it in that sort of historical context because I think the generation that we live in now and the time, like, there are new songs that have will have an historical import that are just getting lost because there is not a field recordist out there like there was when Lomax was working. Right. And in these smaller communities in these reg- in these regions of America that you know have they're not being signed to labels so they're not played on the radio like they- but there are beautiful songs everywhere in this country and that is my ultimate uh, project is to go and find those. So it's not about preserving the past as much as about preserving this moment in time in folk music in traditional music country music all of the artists that you're speaking with. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you select your artists? Well, um, I have I have a team. I have like a, a group of, of friends that are in the music community, and they they send me suggestions. Um, I, I'm steeped in the music community, and I, I go out and seek the people that I want to record. And then it's kind of just an organic process. Like people have been finding out about us, and they'll reach out to us. Um, but there's definitely a, a particular type of songwriter and artist that is attracted to the project because of the film, the film stock. Um, after we did the the car um, the car episode, we went to a music festival festival down in Oregon, and I accompanied a friend down there, and I was I was helping him out. But in the meantime, I just walked around with my Bolex 150. And I would have just approach artists and I would hold it up to them. And they're like, is that film? And I was like, yeah, it is. And they're like, let's do this. <laughs> and and so that was the beginning of it because I realized that there was a there was a real need that people, there was a real interest that people wanted to be on film because everything was being shot digitally. Yeah. And uh, there just was a real attraction to like, oh, I'm I'm going to be on film. Yeah. Understandable, right? And and you had mentioned for your own in your own experience, you had shot digital for quite a while, um, and then you got interested in film and and chose Super Eight. Had you shot Super Eight previously, like before, or was it really just this kind of natural evolution of kind of your artistic career to move into film? 
Um, it was it was an evolution. I mean, and it was it was basically coming. I mean, coming out of uh, shooting digitally at the height of like the, the DSLR movement, wanting to have something that was more personal and had a different quality to it, and that had. I mean, the the look of Super Eight is undeniably like gritty and 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. And no other film stock offers that. And I, once I started projecting it at home, I was like, this this is the stock that I want to shoot on. I noticed that a lot of them are outside. Did it just happen that way, or do you prefer to shoot it outside for a particular reason? It's kind of a restraint, much like the time restraint. Super 8 is not very light sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so usually, I mean, it has to be full daylight. It has to be outside. It has to be at a certain time of day. These are part of the restraints around shooting on Super 8 that I actually like because it becomes more direct form of filmmaking where you don't, there's not a lot of production around it. Like, we're going to meet at 5 o'clock and at this spot because it's completely lit, sunlit, and we're going to hang out for 20 minutes and we'll do a session. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's one that's done on the beach somewhere. And uh, yeah, I forget yeah, who that was. And there's some, you know, it's kind of just somebody walking along the beach behind. It, and I liked that. I liked that realness of it there. Yeah. That's part of the, the bigger idea is also to explore regionally, to get into the place where the songs actually live and breathe and were inspired by. Mm-hmm. And so it has a context of, of place. Yeah. Well, maybe we should take a, a quick um, second to play some of the music from one of your sessions. And Josh and I, one of our favorite songs from your collection is a song. It's called Pork Chop, right? That's the name of the song. Yeah, Pork Chop. Okay. Yeah. And what was? Do you know what is the artist that played that one? A two man gentleman band. Two man gentleman band. That's right. So yeah. uh, we're gonna play a little clip from them. And prepare everyone to have the song stuck in your head in the best possible way <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> the rest of your life. All right. Here we go. Can you give me an action. Right here. Two, three, four. Pork chops, my girl tastes like pork chops. My girl tastes like pork chops. When I kiss her, I wonder what she had for dinner. Pork chops, I bet it was pork chops. I bet it was pork chops. And I got a hunch, I can tell you what she had for lunch. Sizzling, grizzling, drizzling slabs of high class bacon meat. Ain't no fooling when she starts drooling. Tastes like drips, a lick at a hog lip spilling outside of a bucket of pig feet. Pork chops, my girl tastes like pork chops. My girl tastes like pork chops. When I kiss her, I wonder what she had for dinner. Okay, well there you have it. Um, there's your pork chop. Sorry everybody for getting that stuck in your head for, as Josh says, the rest of your life. We're not sorry. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Okay. <laughs> And That's then, a beautiful song. Yeah. I look forward to the go welcome tweets. Um, <laughs> um, greasy. Those would be greasy tweets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a question about how do you choose which type of film stock? Does the artist choose that or do you choose that? Or is it basically because of whatever location you're doing it in? The stock is chosen based on location, yes. And if if we're shooting in a alley overcast, I'll choose a different stock rather than if we're in the golden hour on a beach. Yeah. Right, right. Cool. So, Max, um, we've talked a lot about the, the great sessions you've done, the film you've been doing. What, what do you see as kind of the next evolution of this project? Yeah, so I hope to expand upon the sessions, and uh, we're trying to grow them into more 
in the vein of storytelling. And by hiring writers and photographers, um, we're trying to build more of a story around the sessions. And so we've done that a couple of times now, whether it's for like a label or for a genre of music or a particular artist. But we hope to kind of go out and find those songs and find those little places in America where there's beautiful songs being written but are just completely lost and um, bring them together through the sessions and by by the story. Cool. Yeah, it sounds great. You've got you've already got a couple of fans right here. We'll be mm-hmm. following along. I don't know if you guys know this, but in 99, the, the SF um, Museum of Modern Art did a show on Super 8, and it's called Big as Life, and they put out a, a, a book for it, and it is one of the best documents of Super 8 that's been printed. Wow. Um, and I, I just randomly picked up, picked it up at, I was staying at this uh, RV place out on near uh, Long Beach, and there was this little Airstream trailer that was turned into a, a bookstore. And they had this uh, catalog for a dollar and picked it up. And it, it is a overview of the past 50 years of Super 8 and historically how it evolved and how it got, how it was big in Europe before it was in America and who were the important artists that were using it uh, to really create a, a means of expression and, and why. And then it talked about the the Zapruder, uh, Zapruder? Z- the Kennedy film, right, the yeah. film, which was 8 millimeter and... Uh, and how it's become eight million. That film is the most watched film in the history of film, um, which was which was eight millimeter. And um, this is a fabulous uh, um, historical document of Super Eight. That sounds wonderful. It sounds great. I, I've never seen it, but it sounds like something that would be uh, right up our alley, and definitely something we should look for. Yeah. Well, the cool yeah. thing about Super Eight is that it's you. You touched on it earlier, but it's easy to use. Um, you know, like a lot of filmmakers used it when first yeah. starting out so you know it's it's got that appeal to it but it still has the like an amazing quality and you know output you know right. it's the film of the people yeah. as you said earlier yeah and in addition to that i think that um one of the reasons why it's so attracted me coming from shooting uh, dslr is that when you go to set up your dslr camera and you're on set and you're shooting there's like maybe 30 different things that you have to pay attention to and in terms of to get the shot right, when you pick up the two great camera, it literally is like an extension of yourself. And all you got to do is dial in maybe the focus, um, the distance you, the zoom distance you want, mm-hmm. and then you and then you hold down the shutter and and you're done. Yeah. And there's sometimes where I'm shooting an artist and um, like Calvin Johnson or uh, Langhorn Slim or um, Lucas Nelson, where I've, when I'm shooting them, I literally feel like I'm locked in a dance with this person and that they're giving something to me and I'm giving something to them. And it no longer feels like I'm observing, but that I'm actually inside of this moment um, creating. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. How many have you done so far? Um, I think we've done we've done like 50. We've been at it for three years, and I think we have 50 sessions. They're not all like, online. Oh, I was going to say, is there like an archive somewhere? Cause oh, I yeah, we have a many. huge uh, backlog that um, it's a very, very small team, <laughs> and the production takes a while to get them out. So I have this huge backlog that I'm just sitting on. Sweet. And, uh, and where, where, are you, but, where are you getting them processed? Where do you do your film processing? I send the film to Spectra in L.A., Okay, cool. Yep. Which processes it. 
um, because there was a lab here, but they shut down. And uh, so Spectra processes it, and then it comes back to me, and then there's a, a lab uh, studio here that then transfers it to HD. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. And then I get that back, and then it's the post-production. Nice. So for everybody out there, if you want to go and check this out, which you should, and we will put links in our show notes um, to, that lead you over to the site. It's 50feet.org. Um, but I do have an important question. Um, yeah. So in following Mac Mixamov on Twitter, I saw that you're a taco lover, and I I got to ask what your favorite kind of taco is. Mm. Um, right now it would have to be a fish taco. My entire summer, I'm just I'm just making fish tacos. Yeah, I know. I love it. What right. you, what kind of stuff's going on inside of there? Aside from cabbage, fish? sour cream, lime, and Cholula. Yep. Nice. Yeah, we could hang out. We are. Yeah, we are taco <laughs> fans as well. <laughs> I thought the question that Megan was really going to ask was, "How do I get on the show?" Because uh, the Kodakery listeners don't know this, but Megan is a very talented musician. And oh, nice. She. So I was just, I was just sure that was where she was going to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a uh, self-promoter. Well, yeah, there's a contact form on the website. Oh, all right, cool. We, yep. we couldn't even skip that because we're old pals now? <laughs> no, it's, it's a formality. Okay, camera. sure, right, sure. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so you guys should definitely check out the site, which is 50feet.org, and uh, get a fish taco, sit down, and watch some really, really talented musicians right on Super 8. And as you heard, if you are a really talented musician, there's a contact form on the website. Yep. So get yourself filmed. Reach out to Max. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us, Max. Oh, thanks so much, guys. It was a real joy. Cool. It is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful invention. Sizzling, grizzling, drizzling, high class, big and me.